Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project. I'm Jay Harrington. My co-host Tom Nixon is with me. Hi, Tom. Hello there, Jay. Tom, I've I got a question for you. Uh, so, you know, everyone's reporting on various trends, obviously, through this uh, COVID period. One thing I'm interested to get your anecdotal feedback on is uh, because this is going to be the subject of our topic today, which is, is podcasting. Have you been listening to more podcasts, fewer podcasts? Have you discovered any new and interesting podcasts, say, over the last six months? Um, well, I, I think my podcast consumption has taken like a, um, like a, a U-curve. So mm-hmm. I was really into podcasts, as you probably know, um, all sorts of podcasts, both professional and just recreational, you know, content consumption. And then when COVID hit, my main um, block of time that I would use to consume podcasts was taken away, and that was the commute. Um, so rarely commuting anywhere these days. So it kind of went down. And then some of my recreational podcasts, like one of which covers uh, sports, college football, they had nothing to talk about because everything was canceled. College basketball was canceled. So it's now I'm noticing I'm kind of on the uptick again, where I've now I found a new time block. And that's when I'm either doing a walk, walking the dogs or exercising or whatever uh, in the shower. So I, that's my own personal anecdotal. Um, and I think our numbers sort of bear that out too in our analytics as well. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I think that's pretty consistent. And I, you know, knowing our topic today, I actually was curious to, to, cause I know, you know, I'd been sort of paying more attention to broader statistics uh, around podcasting, say in May and June, just to get an understanding of where things were headed. Um, and I, ha- I hadn't really checked it out in a few months. So I, I did so before we started recording. So I thought maybe I'd, since we're going to be talking about podcasting, would just share a few things to uh, give give our listeners a sense of where this market is at. Um, so, you know, these are more um, annual statistics, and they basically show a pretty pretty consistent and, and robust growth in podcasting, despite what you mentioned, which is, I think there was a, a dip, and that was primarily because uh, people weren't commuting, and I think that's when a lot of people were consuming. Co- uh, podcast content, as well as things like going to the gym, maybe where they had a, a hour block of time where they would listen to podcasts, but, um, but it seems to be on the upswing. So um, one, one statistic is now in, in 2020, uh, 55% of Americans have listened to a podcast, uh, and that's up from 51% in 2019. So there's, there's a bit of growth there. Um, now, over the last three years, statistics show that podcast listeners have grown 37 and a half percent. So you see that kind of accelerating trend over a slightly longer period of time, a significant amount of growth. Um, I thought that was noteworthy. Um, at the same time, I think the, the amount of podcasts, not just the number of people who are listening to podcasts, but the, the amount of content they're consuming is also increasing. Um, so, you know, monthly podcast listeners, meaning not just people who have listened to one podcast, but are more consistently listening to podcasts, that's grown 54% over the last three years. And one thing that I found interesting was that monthly podcast listening is growing fastest among older Americans. So 
the percentage of Americans ages 55 and plus who listen to podcasts has grown uh, by 29%. Uh, so that's, that's a pretty significant amount of growth there. And then the share of time that people are listening to podcasts is growing. The average listener consumes over six hours of podcast content per week now. Um, and then, uh, and that's among people who listen at least weekly. So um, the average weekly listener of podcasts is consuming a, a tremendous amount of content. Um, and the average weekly podcast listener tunes into about six podcasts, different podcasts per week. So there's not just, you know, they're not just listening to one podcast, they're listening to a number of them. Um, so that's kind of the landscape of, in terms of the marketplace of, of podcasts. And so I thought that would just be maybe some helpful backdrop against which to have our discussion today. Yeah, in two other additional anecdotal bits of evidence um, or just maybe, you know, anecdotes. Right? That's what makes them anecdotal. But one is, you know, whenever I'm talking about the um, Con the preferences for how people want to consume content these days. And I, and I mentioned something about how audio content can be preferable to say a busy executive who, you know, when they're reading books, they're actually listening to books. They're listening to the audio version. Everyone nods their head and actually the listeners can't hear it, but you're nodding your head right now. So there's like this natural, like understanding that people want to consume content this way because they, there's, you can do it in a passive way. Like when you're, driving or exercising or whatever. And then I did an AB test with a client. I haven't even told you this yet is we did the same, almost the same uh, uh, content, one in a written blog format and one on a podcast and the consumption, the listens to the podcast dwarfed the number of page views of the blog posts. And we marketed them in the same exact way. Um, and it was about fivefold listens to page views of the, of the blog. So anyway, just, you know, anecdotal evidence that this is, and you have some statistical evidence that just shows that this format continues to grow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it seems to be on a trajectory. And if, if, you know, if you follow the dollars, um, you continue to see platforms like Amazon, which is rolling out a, uh, it has ro rolled out a, a new podcast platform, meaning they're hosting, uh, and, and distributing podcasts, uh, Spotify has invested heavily in this format. I think they're seeing that their growth, I mean, if, as judged by the investments they're making, they see their future growth in, in um, content in the form of podcasting as opposed to music. Uh, so that was, that's pretty interesting. So yeah, you're seeing you know, New York Times has been rolling out a significant amount of podcasts. So you're seeing that there as well. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting to see how things are shaping and, and transforming in the industry. Um, but today, we want to talk about a topic, Tom, that, that you wrote about on our blog a couple weeks back, which is how to grow an audience for a legal podcast. So for any lawyer out there who has started or is thinking about starting a podcast, you know, we've, we've talked in other episodes about some of the mechanics of that and, and reasons why to do it. Uh, this is more a discussion of, you know, once you get a podcast up and rolling, how do you grow your audience and get it in front of the right people? Um, so I want to kind of walk through, uh, you know, a few of the issues you addressed in that post, and we'll link that up in the show notes. Uh, but, you know, it starts with sort of the premise that when you're creating some piece of content, whether it be a, a creating a blog or writing a book or creating a podcast, your audience is not simply going to discover you. You know, some, some element of it will, but for the most part, you, you need to, 
you know, go find your audience yourself and get your content in front of them and give them a reason to consume it. Um, so yeah, you need to promote and it doesn't, you know, the thing to keep in mind though, it doesn't need to be super complex. Um, there are some simple ways to get your content and, and your podcast in this case in front of people um, that, that everyone should be doing. So let's start, Tom, maybe just talking about some of the relatively easy and, and obvious ways to promote your podcast. You identified this in the article as um, picking the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I like to start with the basics because nearly everyone can do this without any, you know, background in marketing and are doing it. But, um, you know, I, I referenced the rule of seven, which is like a marketing uh, axiom that says nobody hears your message the first time until they've heard it the seventh time. And so and the reason I reference that is because I think you need to be relentless in your self-promotion, which is going to feel like you're overdoing it but truly the audience is not hearing it as often as you're out there promoting it. So I feel like at least, especially at the beginning, you need to be relentless. Every single um, episode that gets published needs to live in possibly multiple social media posts. So um, maybe multiple LinkedIn posts, uh, more, uh, more than just one tweet, for example. Um, that's what I mean by low hanging fruit. Like everyone, just about every attorney is on at least LinkedIn. So you get a link to the episode once it publishes and you self promote it, right? With the status update. Also, you know, make sure your, your firm already has marketing channels that are going out to your closely held constituents on a regular basis, say a newsletter. And, you know, depending on the size of your firm and how many podcasts are in the, being promoted or being um, produced by the firm, you should have some space in that monthly, weekly newsletter that goes out that's hitting all of those constituents. So those are just like the easy boxes to check. But some other things to do that you can, you know, you, you made this, I love the way you put it not too long ago, you said don't outsource it to the marketing department. So yes, you should rely on the marketing department to do some of the promotion for you. But as the individual who is trying to rise to the mantle of thought leader, it is incumbent upon you to share your expertise, whether it's a blog or a podcast. So make sure you're doing it in your own personal accounts, but also maybe add a link in your email signature to the podcast, wherever the podcast is being hosted. Um, that's a constant reminder that a you're out there, but it's maybe less sort of self-promotional as these relentless status updates that I'm asking you to do. And lastly, the last box that I would check is don't be afraid to like, not just, you know, what I just described prior was sort of like a broadcasting strategy, but don't be afraid to actually personally with a discreet singular email to a colleague, a prospect, um, a client, send an email. Hey, Jim, I thought you might like the most recent episode of the Thought Leadership Project podcast. I know you just launched a podcast three months ago. We went over some tips for building your audience. That sort of, especially if it's a prospect, that sort of personal outreach is a great way to not only build your audience, but to further engage an audience and potentially even develop business relationships. So that's what I mean by the low hanging fruit. Is there anything else that I may have missed, Jay? I mean, the only other thing, maybe Tom, I think those are all great. Uh, I would also say that I know, you know, most, I think most lawyers who podcast also write content. So they're writing articles and blog posts. So think about maybe going on a go forward basis, including links to your podcast episodes in your blog posts where appropriate. So if you're dealing with, if you're addressing a topic and you're writing that relates to a topic that you've addressed in a podcast episode, hyperlink, you know, a, a phrase from that 
article to your pod relevant podcast episode page um, for that topic. And in, even go back and think about adding those hyperlinks to previous uh, posts that you've done as well. Uh, you know, various articles and blog posts that you've written in the past that again might relate to things you're dealing with on your podcast. And and you know, also that's you know a great way to have a kind of a, a one-two punch on on content creation is every podcast episode can and probably should be a blog post and vice versa. So if you think about you know, trying to uh, repurpose content, uh, think about creating written content and podcast content on the same topics and then cross-link between the two. As evidenced by this very podcast episode. There you go, <laughs> putting it in action. So, That's right. Um, so I think I, I would probably put that in a, in a low-hanging fruit category as well. Yep. Um, and then uh, next, you know, so I would call all of those things, uh, well, maybe not completely, but it, anything that's where you're, you know, emailing someone about uh, your podcast or you're promoting it on social media, call those a little bit more outbound marketing tactics, right, Tom, where you're, you're actually pushing that promotion out uh, yeah. and, and it's reaching people within your network. Uh, but there's, there's other people that you want to reach as well that in order to grow your audience. And that would be people who are, searching for the type of content that you're delivering, you know, the ser searching for um, topics that you have addressed in your various podcast episodes. So what we're talking about here is making your podcast visible in search, uh, you know, Google search uh, and, and other search platforms. So how should we think about optimizing our podcast to be able to reach those audiences who may not be searching for your podcast specifically, but are looking for answers to questions they have that you may have addressed? Yeah, well, I actually I'll address both types of audience because the uh, the statistics that you cited at the beginning suggest that people will be more actively searching for podcasts relative to their professional interests or personal interests. So I think this is only on the rise. So, but to your point, they might only be searching for subject matter expertise, and it would be great if your podcast appeared in those searches as well. So both people looking for a specific kind of podcast and people looking for specific subject matter expertise. And I say you need to optimize your podcast for search. It could be a Google search as you referenced, but it could also be a search done on a podcasting platform. So someone might go into Apple Podcasts and say, are there any podcasts about thought leadership marketing for lawyers, for example? And so you'd wanna make sure, we'd wanna make sure that we were discovered for somebody doing that specific search. So a couple things you need to do is one is, as you're creating the show description, this is uh, the permanent home for uh, where your podcast lives and is hosted. And this is where people, once they maybe have done a search and clicked on your podcast, they'll read about what the podcast is about. But before that happens, you want to make sure that the relevant keyword phrases uh, to the industry that you are targeting are included in that short description. It might only be three or four sentences, but without keyword stuffing, as they say, make sure that the subject matter that your prospect might be searching for, those phrases need to be included in the show description. So that's one area that you can optimize for search. And similarly, every time you release an episode, the show notes are a companion piece to the audio format. Those appear uh, on the podcasting platforms when people are, you know, have the new episode pop up. But also, again, going back to somebody searching Google or searching within a podcast platform, they're gonna be looking for keyword phrases make sure that your show notes are not mailed in, that they are strategic about what the keyword phrases they include. Uh, we include a ton of re references, resources, and yes, hyperlinks, um, because those are the things that search 
engines and the algorithm algorithms look for, but especially keyword phrases. So as you do a, um, a show, you promote it, you publish it, the show notes should include those keyword phrases. And then the one last thing before I turn it over to you, this is sort of an advanced in your planning stage is to think proactively about search when you're naming the podcast, branding the podcast, maybe even considering where and how you host the podcast is to include those keyword phrases that again are relevant to the searchers, right? So let's say for example, um, mergers and acquisitions law. Let's say that's your specialty, that's what your podcast is going to be about. Um, there's two schools of thought. You could come up with a clever brand name for the podcast, which is, you know, being the branding snob, I'm always, you know, um, uh, sympathetic to that route because I like uh, it being competitive. But the other thing is, uh, or the other approach is to be very specific and have the keyword phrase right in the name of your podcast. So mergers and acquisitions, legal podcast or M&A law podcast, the type of thing that somebody might be searching for. Is there such thing as a blank, blank, blank podcast? Well, maybe you should name your podcast that blank, 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 so that people find it. They find yours before they find a competitor's. Because again, going back to your stats at the beginning, chances are your competitors, if they're not already in the podcasting game, are thinking about it due to the growth. And then similarly, is you may consider, and we do this for our podcast, we encourage our clients to do that when they're creating podcasts, is to go out and find a keyword relevant URL that you're going to name the podcast after, grab that URL, own it, because that is, you know, key in the Google search algorithm, own it. And then even if you're directing this to a third party source for where you're hosting the podcast, you want to make sure that that legal phrase, again, something like mergers and acquisitions, legalpodcast.com or M&A lawpodcast.com, you want to own that URL. For one, you want to own it before a competitor does, but you also want to own all of the potential areas where somebody might be searching and where the search engine is going to return a result for that searcher. So there's a lot there, but I think all of those things are important. And again, it's, maybe this is more of a passive way, but this is how you're going to capture the active searchers who may be out there looking for your podcast. Yeah, and the only, the only thing I'd add, Tom, as, a, as something to think about, but again, you know, it's all relative depending on how much time you have and, and how much benefit this might provide. But if, if you, if, if you have, especially if you've outsourced various aspects of your podcast promotion and you may, or, and, or have a internal marketing department that could handle this type of thing, making your podcast uh, visible on YouTube, uh, you know, essentially loading the audio or if you're conducting interviews by video, even just, displaying the entire uh, interview and, and program on YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine, and that is a place where people can discover your content as well. So you can not just host it as a podcast on the podcast platforms, but convert it into a video file uh, and, and add it to YouTube search engine um, in addition to uh, you know, the making it visible in, in Google search and Bing and, and the others. Um, all right. So so that's search. So we covered search and so some of the low hanging fruit uh, tactics related to marketing and promoting your podcast. And next, let's talk about how your guests play a role in this whole process of promotion. So assuming that you have 
an interview format where you're inviting guests on your show. And we, we've talked about that in prior episodes and some of the benefits of that. And, and one of the main benefits of having a, a guest strategy or a guest format for your podcast is that it gives you the opportunity to develop relationships with people who could turn into clients uh, by inviting them on your podcast. Uh, and, and they see benefit in that and you can establish a relationship. But they also can play a role in the promotion of your podcast. So, Tom, talk a little bit about how uh, how guests play that role and and how you can get them to participate in the promotion of your podcast. Yeah, I actually think this is the best way to grow a podcast audience is to find and leverage the audiences that already exist. So, if you can think of a quasi celebrity in the industry that you're marketing into. Um, that person likely already has a huge social uh, social media following. They're probably prominent in the quote-unquote circles that you want to run in. Um, they maybe are already regarded as a thought leader. So not only do you benefit from having that guest just from a content standpoint because they are a legitimate thought leader, but what's going to happen when you publish the episode, you know, you're going to probably tag that person. That person is naturally going to want to promote the fact that they appeared on a podcast. They're going to share that with their network. So let's say somebody has 10,000 followers and you have a thousand. Well, the simple math says that those 10,000 followers, 9,000 of which at least are not following you can be exposed to your podcast simply by having that guest on. And then that guest promoting the episode with a quick social media posts, or they might do even more than that. So I think this is the way to, if you go into the industry and you look for those quote unquote celebrities or the, the rock stars, I kind of hate that word, but that's the type of person that you're looking for. And they're going to naturally build your audience for you. And then once that audience discovers you, if you do a good job with that particular episode, the, the audience is likely going to be looking for more. What other episodes may I have missed? or maybe I should subscribe to this podcast and now you've got them in perpetuity. So that's what we mean about being intentional with your, your guest booking strategy. Yeah. So that, that's, that is very important. I think that's also, you know, the real, one of the real keys to growing an audience and, and the key there is just when you're, when you're, if you're hoping for your guests to promote your podcast, just, yeah, make it really easy on them. Make sure that you're sending them via email, the links, uh, to the podcast episode, maybe even a graphic that they might be able to easily share on social media. Um, like you said, Tom, make sure to tag them uh, on social media so that they are aware that the podcast has been released and, and then they'll naturally share that post with their own audience. Uh, then let's turn to the next issue, Tom, which is syndication opportunities. So you, uh, you know, I'll let you talk about this, but you know, obviously there are ways to grow beyond and distribute the podcast beyond just your own platform and your own network. Um, there are, you know, if you have a narrowly focused targeted podcast um, to a particular industry, for example, there are obviously other um, groups, associations, and, and, other, um, and, and, and other platforms that would be interested in sharing that content as well. So talk a little bit about syndication and, and how a lawyer with a podcast might be able to leverage those opportunities. Yeah, well, the, going back to the stats that you cited at the beginning is that there's a huge appetite for audio content. And I still think there's a relative dearth of content or at least quality content. And, you know, there is a, there's a ramp up curve, which is at least it's somewhat limiting. But so even the people who don't have audio content or the, the I, I shouldn't say 
people, but maybe the, the publishing platforms that might not have their own audio content still understand that their audience is craving it and they want to provide it. So while we're still in this relative dearth period, I think trade publications, associations, the, the types of organizations that you cited are going to be more welcome to sharing your content if it's really good it's not self-promotional it adds true value to the audience that they serve and that you also want to serve and to start just poking around um asking pitching is how we put it you know it's kind of a, a new school pr format is to you know we'll do this on behalf of our clients and it's actually ha helped um for our own podcast but just approach an editor or the um, communications manager at a trade association and explain to them why your content is relevant to their audience and offer it up. And they may just syndicate it right on their website. They may promote it for you if it's got enough value. And for us, we've been fortunate enough and we're not the only one, by the way, to have a podcast um, that is syndicated at least in part on JD Supra, which is, again, it's a platform where attorneys, law firms, legal marketers go. And that's our audience. There's no secret about that. But if we're providing true value, um, I, I don't think that, there should be any reason why your corresponding platforms and centers of influence wouldn't be open to hosting your and syndicating your content as well. But you got to ask. You do. Yeah. You've got to ask. Um, again, this gets back to the whole notion of people won't necessarily find your podcast. There's another setting, another statistic that I saw. Um, I think there's over a million and a half podcasts out there right now. So you've got to, you've got to make it visible. You've got to make the ask if, if you want that. And it's worth it because that's a very valuable way to get your content in front of a much larger audience than you probably have on your own. Um, all right, Tom. So I think the last issue here, and this is a bit of a, um, an aggregate category, but I'll use an interesting subhead in, in the blog post about this topic. You say deploy lures and digestible gateways. So I'll leave it at that. What are, what are some lures and digestible gateways that people should be thinking about? Yeah, it, but before, when I conclude, I do wanna go through a lightning round at the end of just some quick hitters, just to leave the audience with some other ideas. So we'll do a yeah. quick lightning round at the end. But what we're talking about here is we're acknowledging that a lot of the ways that you're going to promote your podcast, you're doing so in very crowded um, in very distracting or distractible environments, say social media. So if somebody is going through their social media feed, the likely intent for them is not to stop what they're doing, go off to a podcasting platform and right then and there, listen to a 30 minute podcast. The intent is to scroll through the LinkedIn feed and find some interesting content to comment on or, or, or read or bookmark. So we understand that, you know, with that reality in mind, that you need to give them something that's digestible, that gives them enough value to want to be interested to consume that piece, that right then and there, and consider returning to the podcast, subscribing now, listening later, uh, when they have more time exercising, walking the dogs, commuting or whatever. So you can't give them a 30-minute episode in the LinkedIn feed and say, here, go ahead and, 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 and consume this right now, or in a newsletter or whatever. But what you can do is what we call these digestible gateways, or these lures, and they take a few different formats. I'll just cite two. One is an infographic, right? So an infographic is a, um, you know, just a, a picture, a illustration of maybe the core concepts. Um, we'll include one in the show notes uh, so that people see what we're talking about. But that gives the audience 
somebody who's just quickly scrolling, it gives them enough of a feel for the fact that you're a subject matter expert. It gives them a feel for the fact that there's great content behind this image um, that is audio content. And it's just, it's a, just enough to catch their attention and hopefully grab their attention enough to say, oh yeah, this podcast, I got to go back and check this out later. Maybe right then and there, but certainly if not then, then later. And then the sort of 3D version of that, or 4D, I should say, is like, uh, we call them snippets. So these are video. And even though your podcast is an audio format, we think it's important to create a video counterpart that acts as a lure. And by lure, we mean this is something that somebody's scrolling through a LinkedIn feed, um, they're going to see not only an image, but probably they're going to see this auto roll of your video in the background, that's really going to catch their eye. And then if they, whatever they see is interesting, they're going to click the audio tab to listen to it. And now you've got like maybe a minute or two, just a quick snippet that shows and demonstrates the content that's sort of behind the gateway. Um, and then again, what you're trying to do is not only create an instant impression on the audience, but you're also trying to invite that audience into a later extended stay with your format. And I've got one pulled up that we did for our, and we'll include this again in the show notes or in the blog post that we tied to the show notes. This is one we had a guest, Adrian Dayton on, and he has a really cool data and insights into why you would use social media to pr uh, promote your thought leadership. I'll just give people a quick taste of it talk about like these chance collisions right and if you think about each time you write a piece of content or engage online as like a spin of the you know a, a, of the virtual slot machine um you know you just need more chances you know and so so to really have an roi you need to have a substantial number of experiments and when i say experiments you need to write multiple times you so you know adrian goes on for about a minute it just gives people enough of a lure to say, oh, that sounds like an interesting topic. Um, I'm going to click through the link. You know, obviously I always pro provide the link to the full episode in the post. But um, again, accept the reality that what you're trying to do is you're trying to create that pattern, interrupt that, get somebody to stop, take notice. And eventually, again, going back to the rule of seven, once they hear seven of those snippets and they're all really good, if they haven't already, now they're more willing and likely to subscribe and listen to full episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's spot on. You've got to create, you know, the sort of this we call it the bite-sized content that leads people back to the, you know, digesting the full meal, and uh, and that's that's key, especially in this this fast-paced social media environment we're all in. Um, all right, so let's do this lightning round, Tom. So I think you probably got a few quick hits here to to kind of wrap us up on. Um, yep. So so what are some final considerations? Final considerations, just. Um you know, it takes a little extra work, but make sure that your podcast is discoverable on almost all, if not all of the available platforms. So um, the huge market share goes to Apple Podcasts and probably secondarily Google Podcasts. But because of the limitations of those apps, uh, people have found other apps that they prefer, say Stitcher, Overcast, TuneIn, there's all sorts of them. And whoever's hosting your podcast should be syndicated to all of those platforms. Double check, make sure they are because you might have some podcast snobs that only listen to say Stitcher and there's an extra step that your syndication needs to do to make sure that that podcast is available on Stitcher. Spotify is another one, right? So just make sure that it's everywhere. The other is we talked about pitching uh, for syndication or inviting guests on, but 
pitch yourself as a guest, you know, going back to new school PR, pitch yourself as a guest to a larger platform podcast that's non-competing. So, you know, obviously your biggest competitor is not going to have you on as a guest, but if it's industry and it's, a, it's adjacent to your own and they already have a large following, well, maybe just an appearance on that podcast, not only you're establishing your uh, subject matter expertise and your bona fides, but you may then, they'll ask you to plug your podcast. It's a great way to get audience. And then lastly- hey, Tom, it, can I- can I just yeah. follow up with one point on that? So sure. when you're doing that, run. yeah, when you're doing that, it, it, that is pitching yourself for podcasts, make sure you do your, your homework. Um, make sure you tailor oh, yeah. your message to the host. We get pitched all the time by people. Um, and, and this is, this is another reason. Don't outsource that, that task. You'll, you'll, as a podcast, if you have a podcast, you'll probably um, get pitched by these agencies that suggest they can get you on these shows. And, we get all kinds of people um, that are totally misaligned with our show, you know, pitching saying, Oh, I've got the perfect, I got a client who's a perfect for your show. And then they go on to describe the person and it has no relation whatsoever to the topics we describe. So just make sure, you know, you're not blasting out this to a bunch of podcast hosts, really tailor it, find, you know, five or 10 podcasts that are really appropriate uh, for, for you, for what you have to say and the audience you're trying to reach and, and, and do that, make that extra effort. Great, great point. Yeah. And while it's flattering to be on these people's radar, it's, you know, again, if you're going to outsource it to anyone, outsource it to somebody who understands PR, who knows that you don't just blast out a pitch to everyone and anyone, you got to tailor it to the specific person and be, and be relevant. So last thing I was going to mention is just to measure the uh, listener analytics. So like you would with any other analytics, and we had a whole blog post in a, a podcast episode about analytics, is understand what is kind of lighting the fires of the audience. So more listens, uh, longer listens, longer engagement. That's going to help you then create your, your um, content going forward so that you're appealing to more of those like individuals. So, um, And then lastly, as we close up, I think it's important to just remember and remind listeners, and I'll have you kind of hammer this home, Jay. It's just be patient, right? It's like, you're not going to build this huge podcast following overnight, nor should you expect that that's even the goal. What you're trying to do is get authentic engagement over time so that there's this ramp up. And eventually those people who come in uh, authentically um, will stay longer. They'll be more deeply engaged, but I, you just got to practice patience. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a long game. Uh, it's like any form of thought leadership marketing. You can't expect things to happen immediately, but you, you can expect over the long term that you'll you'll generate increasingly large compounding returns on on the investment you're making. So yeah, definitely definitely be patient and and appreciate the fact and and look forward to the fact that many of the people who are you know ostensibly competitors of yours, both for legal work and for attention in in your content marketing, will will stop this effort. Uh, they, will, they will begin a podcast and then um, it will fade into oblivion because they won't see a return on investment quickly enough. So um, the longer you can last, uh, the higher your chances of actually achieving some success here. And listeners, um, so, make sure you click through all the way to the end of the blog post because there's a really, I'm really proud of the pun that I put at the end that says even Rome wasn't built in the day, in a day, yeah. I should say. If you click on it, don't give it away, Jay. I won't. I won't. <laughs> All right. yep. the, Check that out. How about this? How about the first reader to respond to what that links to? Can we give them like a copy of your book or something? I'll pay for it. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I okay. got extra copies. Yeah. Okay. We, <laughs> All right. First listener that. that clicks through and sends either you or I a note that says, ha that pun was awesome. You have to like applaud the pun and say it was a link to blank and then you get a free copy of the book. Yeah, perfect. So this will also be a test of who's listening all the way through <laughs> yeah. to the end of our podcast. That's right. Um, exactly. All right. So let me just recap. Uh, so we talked about some of the low-hanging fruit, uh, the, the sort of easy, obvious uh, examples of how to promote your podcast. We talked about the role of, of search in, in making your podcast visible in places where people are, are searching for information, um, Google primarily. We talked about how to... It, enroll your guests in your marketing strategy and to grow your podcast audience, uh, the importance of pursuing syndication opportunities as appropriate, linking up with a larger you know, trade group or association that, that targets the same audience as you and make, seeing if they'll syndicate and share your podcast. Um, we talked about creating lures like you know, graphics to be able to share on social media to uh, lead people to your podcast. And then um, we had some of these uh, quick, quick hit takeaways, uh, such as pitching yourself as a guest on other podcasts. So, um, so all these things are uh, very important for podcast promotion strategy. And, and we'd say just, you know, don't try to overcomplicate things, just get started. Uh, don't, you know, try, try some things, experiment, see what's working, see what's not. Over time, you know, you'll, you'll narrow da- things down into a, um, a process that is relatively easy to implement after each episode and, and you kind of know what's working based on your audience. Um, so yeah, so I think that's, that was good, Tom. Any final thoughts? No, I just, um, I should point out that current employees are not eligible for the sweepstakes. There you go. Yeah. Any <laughs> or other family members. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any other legal disclaimers we should be should be uh, adding here, but oh well, we'll, we'll roll with it. You're the attorney, <laughs> not I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with it. Um, All right. So, anyways, well, thanks everybody for listening. Join us next week for another episode, and uh, have a have a great rest of the week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.